You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I just had a delicious cheese slice. It was cheddar, I think. No. Was it American? I won't tell you. Just You can pretend it's cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. It was, it was. delicious. So, um... It was probably American processed cheese product, yeah. Yeah, something like that. It was good, though. I can feel it in my mouth now. <laughs> I know. It's going to make you all slimy and sticky. I don't know why you would choose to eat that before you record your voice. Anyway, yeah. you've tuned into the Cheese Slice podcast. <laughs> no, you've not. It's a Monday, December the 1st. It's snowing outside. Is it? Well, it's been snowing, so it's white. Everything's covered in a blanket of white. It's the first day of... You wouldn't make a very good weatherman, because if you say, it's snowing, and I say, is it? Well, no, it was. (laughs) That's not This isn't the weather report. Or the cheese show. So it's, uh, you know, it's the uh, first day of December, and there's snow on the ground, which is a good thing. Yeah, very Um, good. It's freezing as well. It's... Is it? Not really. It's mine again. Your weather, your weather, your weather information is. It's thirty degrees, which I assume is freezing. That's below freezing. Below freezing. When you go outside, you're not like, oh my god, it's horrible. I wouldn't go outside in thirty degrees and think it was warm. All right. Not warm, but not bad. It's freezing. It's good. So it's um, after the show number forty six. It's Hellboy two: The Golden Army, the movie this week, and we're looking at it on Blu ray disc. It's a two thousand and eight movie. It's it was released on Tuesday, November the eleventh, which was two weeks ago. No, the DVD, more than two are we days. talking about the Blu-ray? The Blu-ray and the DVD were released on the same day, but we're reviewing the Blu-ray disc. Alright. It came out on Tuesday, November the eleventh, which was actually three weeks ago, I assume. Dunno. It's the first of December today, so I imagine that is three weeks ago. Approximately. Um, so yeah, we're sorry we're late with this one, but there was some other movies that cropped up. Um, Just revert back to numbers 45 and 44. Tropic Thunder and... Correct. Something else, which was big. <laughs> We've had big movies You're before. very fickle, you just move on. One week we're done, that's it, I forget what we did. Before. For the last, uh, probably six weeks, it's all been big blockbuster movies, and next week will be no different, which we'll mention later. Um, so yeah, this is from our friends at Universal, and Sid Talk's going to tell you what it's all about. Hellboy 2 is... um, The sequel to Hellboy 1. Yes, it's a sequel to Hellboy 1. And the story is... At some point in the past, in the history of the battle between humans and elves, there is a crown made out of gold that gives this one elf king the power over a golden army, which is a mechanical army made out of gold, and they're indestructible. And, um... At some point, he decides he doesn't want to rule the world. He will let the humans have it. We'll call a truce. He breaks up the little crown, takes parts of it for himself, gives parts of it to mankind, and zoom to the present, where, of course, that crown might possibly come back together because his son, the prince, is a bit bitter, a little bit angsty, kind of, don't you find him a bit... um, uh, overly excitable <laughs> and he of course wants to take over the world and hellboy and his crew of who's hellboy <laughs> i don't even know what i'm saying what i'm saying is know. these people might not have seen um, hellboy. Hellboy, hellboy was discovered 
in the 40s during World War II by a troop of soldiers and then raised in secret and then is now... I don't know what he is exactly. He's a demon of some kind, but he's also part human, I guess. I don't even know. I've read I think the comics. Was explained in the first one. Kind of, sorta. Yeah. But he's kind of a link between hell or the netherworld or something, and now. And if I'm wrong, fair enough. But I just don't know. And for me, for the movies, it doesn't matter. But and, anyway. And that's it, right? Yeah, well, no. I, but I also want to say to it's be- a hard one to. I want to say to people that if you haven't seen Hellboy two, it doesn't actually matter because. It's kind of set if you're up. Seen in Hellboy One. Sorry, if you haven't seen Hellboy One, it doesn't really matter because it's kind of, the beginning of it is set up to yeah start you off. Well, again. basically, it starts it again. Doesn't it? It, it tells a little bit of the mm-hmm. first one, but yeah, you don't really need to see. No, I mean it's a good thing too because I think you should. If you if actually if a lot of people are introduced to Hellboy through this new movie, Hellboy Two, it would be fun to go back and watch the other one after it. Because you get to it's kind of origins of him. True. You do see all the how and, he came. You know, his relationship with her all. began in the first one, and you know, with who? The chick who catches on fire. Don't remember her name. Right. So um, <laughs> let, let's do the. Uh, you know what? I what I wasn't you? a big. Uh, I wasn't a massive Hellboy fan when the first one came out. To be honest, was you? I wasn't when I very first saw it. But in the last few months, for some reason, it's been picked up by a lot of like different networks and it's been shown on network TV or on cable TV. I've been watching it probably four or five times, to be honest. And I like it a little bit better every time. I like the story. I like him. I like this for the theme for me for this movie and like my recommendations and why I like these movies so much. Combining modern day life that we're all familiar with with this weird, fantastical elements like creatures that exist like this or what like this and then in this Hellboy 2 there's a whole underworld of crazy creatures and weird stuff. I love that. Even if some of it isn't perfect. So the more I watch Hellboy 1, the more I like the idea of that hidden culture of sort of creatures who can save humanity and yet they're oppressed by us and you know, I like that. I think <clears throat> me personally, I think this is an uh, a a lot better movie than the first one was for for me. I enjoyed it more. I thought the protagonist was really interesting. Yes, I, I actually liked the story more. You know, and you didn't have to. In some films we've mentioned before, I like the build up to a character. You know, like we've said, Spider Man. We like to see how he gets his powers and all that. But in this case, I almost feel like I'm, I was glad it was. You know, in this case, when Hellboy arrives on the scene. He just arrives and he does his thing. Right? Well, he would because it's number two, wouldn't he? Yeah, he that's what I'm saying. Her, I, pref- yeah. I prefer that there was no build-up. I mean, I prefer that the build-up was over and done with. And, you know and immediately. And we could just get into this, yeah. That he's going to kick everybody's ass who comes in his way. Because it's not a complicated thing, really, no. is it? Now, one of the things... It was also true of the Hellboy, the first one. But this one, in particular, for me, the visuals were amazing, I thought. Ah uh, yes, totally. It's not. It's not. It's not like uh, the visuals of something like what we've seen this year, like the whole car. It's not that kind of visuals because everything is um, practical. I think it was better. No, I'm not. No, this is not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not the same. In fact, as we've learned from watching the documentaries and stuff, this movie was done practically and on the cheap almost. I wouldn't say on the cheap. No, no, not even close. On the cheap. On the cheap but, compared to something like. And what's pr- and pr- what's practical mean? 
Mr. Hayes. Practical effects <laughs> is puppets, uh, Real costumes. live things, not all CGI. That's what it is. Yeah, some CGI, but mostly puppets, costumes, and, you know, real sets. Like, they build the sets. They don't just go in the street and do it, like the Hulk or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's a combination, but it seems mostly in-camera kind of stuff, so. Um, but it the look of amazing. it. Um, I've not actually seen Pan's Labyrinth. But I have seen lots of clips and screenshots from Pan's Labyrinth. And that also looks like this movie, too. It uses those creatures that you're not familiar with at all. Like, I mean, there's creatures in this movie where you go, wow, look at that thing. God. Exactly. I love that. I think that is what is really good about this movie. Because we've seen Hellboy. We know what he looks like. But then again, there's a new character, which we'll mention later. Is he German? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There's that guy. And then there is and also... And Wink, the big monster, is the best one of yeah. the whole lot, I think. Um, but I think though, I think what makes this movie good is it, it's just interesting to look at the entire time. And it's this director guy, obviously. Totally. It's got I mean, an eye for the details. I can say that the beginning minute or two, for oh, me, was throwaway. Oh, it was awful. You know what? I mean, it was actually do embarrassing. You, do you know and what? I, I had to think to myself, okay, I'm just going to get through this. Do you know what? That, I'm going to let That it beginning go. part. I... Almost felt like that was directed by somebody else. Oh, it was awful. Like it was done by somebody else and slapped at the beginning. No, I mean, I like the battle part. I know that was totally Del Toro. No, I'm talking about the uh, yeah. John Hurt. Hellboy and, and as young a boy. Hellboy. Yeah, it but was the weird, awful. No, his mouth didn't match what he said, and his teeth were all funny. It's because he was all CGI'd up, I it think. It wasn't good, was it? No, it was really bad. And when that was on. So when you're seeing that part, if you're yeah, thinking actually, what we thought. If you're thinking, ugh. Yeah, don't just just let it, just listen to what they're saying and get the gist of it and move on because you will be you just put it out of your mind. Actually, from when that part was on, it started, and it's a the people don't know it. It's a John Hurt and Young Hellboy. John Hurt telling Young Hellboy the story, so you, so it can get the us the viewers up to speed on what's going to happen. Yeah, with the crown and the king and the elves. Yeah, all and, that stuff. Yeah. Um, now. Did you like all that? Like the puppet? Kind? Yes. Yeah, so did I. And, yes. that, and that's in the style of um, almost, I don't know what they call it. It's like Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, it, what do you call that? Stop motion-y stuff. But it wasn't, was it? It was all just CGI. No, but it was like wooden dolls. Animation. And weird little, yeah, and it looked, that, I really liked it. Was, that because it was like, okay, in the beginning, he's telling Hellboy as a boy the story of the, the battle between humans and elves and it's the boy's imagination imagining this and so all the creatures and stuff look like kind of wooden dolls and, and kind of I like, like that part but it's the part with just the Hellboy talking is the worst yeah that was terrible because it embarrassing I would mouth, think yeah and, and I was watching it and thinking oh right John Hurt's in this scene this is probably this is the only scene in the movie that John Hurt's in right so if you're tuning in to see John Hurt <laughs> don't you can turn off after two minutes but yeah it was I felt that I was starting to watch it thinking oh my god this is going to be a really bad Hellboy movie right? exactly and then that part ended and then there was a cool credit sequence and then all of a sudden you gotta let it go yeah well then I was like oh okay it's not going to be like that yeah take the content of what you've seen in the, before the credits and then go with it because once the credits hit even the credits are pretty cool mm-hmm. with the um gears, gears and the and mechanical works but yeah, um, I think it's a, a better movie in in all respects, personally. I like it. I enjoyed it all. It's just that I don't quite get, and I have seen the first one, so I'm going from that perspective. That we go from in the first one where these, these like Hellboy and the fish guy and 
her. She can catch on fire. You know, we will call them freaks of nature for this purpose, but they're not. They're just creatures that aren't human. They're all hidden and secret, and we don't know of any others that exist and all this kind of stuff. And now, all of a sudden, without any explanation or, or leap or bridge to the fact that there's a whole underworld of bizarre creatures and a whole underworld of Maybe it was mentioned in the first, in, a, in something where... But yeah, no, because I've watched it many times. There's nothing. That's if it's in the comic books, fair enough. But in this one, they go to the troll market. I'm sure it is. They open yeah. it up, and there's just hundreds and probably thousands of different creatures that are have nothing to do with the human world. Like the human world is normal, like you and I know it. And then there's them. And, well, I, that, and I want that, a little more bridge between the two. But that was one of the cool, like one of the scenes there where they go into the underground, and it's full of um, freaky people. I really like the thing where Hellboy suddenly fell at home like where yeah he's, he's where like he nobody's to, looking at us it's just like we fit in down here so and that's the metaphor of the movie actually as mentioned and there's even a song where it's about like freaks um amongst us and stuff you know like like the do you remember where there's a bit of a song uh-uh. yeah it's like um it's I can't remember what the song's called it's not freak on a leash it's the we mean when they're in the market no when he's after the part oh, I don't want to spoil no, it no 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 but anyway there's a song part where it's talking where the actual lyrics of the song are talking about how you know being a freak is kind of cool like, right it, it's not it doesn't have to be like a and this is a theme, a theme in Hillboy itself I believe is that he is on always saving humans always saving humanity and yet he's kept secret and they see him in this one, it comes a little more public-like, and so and he's put down and, and given a lot of crap. So, in his mind, and then it's kind of drawn out in him by other elements in this movie, who are you going to choose? you going to choose to be who you are, like one of us, one of the, the others? Or are you going to choose to keep protecting humans who are wasteful ungrateful. and destructive and ungrateful and they've ruined the earth and all that? So, that's an interesting, where he all of a sudden feels right... Why am I protecting that life up there with all the cars and the people and the bullshit? So, yeah, it's, it's got that, elements that I think... I was watching it thinking, you know, kids, even though it's got a lot of action and stuff like that, a kid might not follow all of those themes oh, that are going so. on. No. So that's why it's good because it's like a multi-layered mm-hmm. thing. Because kids could dig it because it's just, like, action. What was your favorite part? One of my favorite moments I know what. Uh, I don't... I think I'd spoil stuff if I say... Um, there's, oh. there's a big monster. <laughs> kind of a and leafy a, natural a, monster. There's a, yeah, a fight between. Well, you're not really ruining it because it's on the menu mm. of the DVD. Well, there's a there's a fight between Hellboy and a monster that I really liked. <laughs> a big monster. A big natural monster. And then, but then there's also there's lots of parts I liked. I mean, and I love the there was in one part, in, there's like a like some big boulders in the countryside, and of course. It reminded me of the game, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, there's a lot of um, that nature. Yeah. Um, and being alive and epic scope. They're trying to make like like this movie wasn't made on a huge budget according to the director, but probably. Oh, it was. was of course, it was. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but not compared to something like Iron Man, perhaps. Um, you know, three hundred million dollars. That kind of big, big budget. Maybe it was a hundred million dollars, which still isn't cheap. Well, no, but, that's a but lot. It was. He really did a lot with this big stuff, you know? Like, in the first one, it wasn't, was it? It was Hellboy fighting little... Oh, no, he fought two big things, remember? No, I don't remember. Oh, right, well. Like, big, big. Like yeah, that. big, big, giant. It grabs him in a tentacle and throws him around. Oh, remember? yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> that, yeah. 
It wasn't a, done as well. This one had a big scale to that it. That one definitely. was better. And it also isn't just a big, bad monster either. It's got certain elements about should he kill it or not. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And that, see, there you go. There's the other metaphor, like Man Against the World and yep. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, but better movie in general for me. Um, and I think mainly down to the look of things. And the first movie... The variety of everything you see is amazing. Interesting look. The first one is based more in just real life, if you can call it, you know, real life, real practical life, where they're in the streets, they're in buildings, they're in this and that, like just normal, what you familiarize, what you're familiar with. In Hellboy 2, you're in sort of a... Fantastical. A little more, yes, fantastical, definitely. Especially... Combined. You know, the... Thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that won't give anything away. Um, And... Also, like I said earlier, the protagonist is better. The, yes, it's a prince who's coming. Who's albino? Um, what, what do they call it? Uh, he mo- It's to do with blood. Hemorphic. Or- no, that's just how he got his idea. Yeah, I know, but well, he, well, his he has idea. That, he has that problem. Yeah, well, he just said the idea that royalty that these yeah, exactly. that they're hemophiliacs because of their I don't know why. Like genetics, I guess. So he took that and made all of these the royal, the royal family, and just hey, the leftover. Hey, elf. prone to nosebleeds. Well, they're just easily injured, is what he's getting at, and they're really pale and frail, and yet they're very resilient. So, but I like the prince a lot. Yeah, and we'll mention the prince later. Um, so overall, on this one, uh, I think it's way better than the sec, the first one. And what's interesting about it, Hellboy 2, is it's not like any other superhero movie you see at all. Is he a superhero? Probably, if he's mm. in comic books. I don't consider him a superhero myself. All right. I mean, not me personally. Maybe somebody else does, but I don't well, think of it as a superhero. Well, let me just... I was just saying this is a superhero movie, right? Let's let's just say that I think it is, right? <laughs> so, um, I think it's totally different to all others. Because first off, it's like monsters and stuff. And second off, it's... it's uh, there's one film that it does have a little, little um, flash of for me near the beginning is Men in Black. Yeah, yeah, that's a com- yeah. You know that, that's gonna you know that one scene where they're walking down the corridor and there's stuff and there's yes, funny. Yeah, like I was totally comedy. like, oh yeah, yeah, Men in Black. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think that it was. And kind that's of a good like- thing to throw in there is that it does have a bit of humor about. Obviously, there's all a lot of one-liners. Got a, got a um, bad attitude all the and time. And- a, he says funny stuff a lot. Yeah, it might. They can tone on. that down a bit, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, there's also another part of the story that's his relationship with the fire girl, and you, that's threaded through the story as well. So you got to keep eye on for that because it's yeah. not just action and adventure. It's got some personal fire girl. She's not actually called. She's called Liz, <laughs> right? But yeah, fire girl. She catches on fire when she gets angry. Yeah, so she's a perfect companion for Hellboy, who is vulnerable Fireproof. to fire. Yeah, because so. he's from hell. Yeah. Well, exactly. They're having uh, they're having an argument at the beginning, which <laughs> yeah. is funny. And she's on fire, and he's like got smoke coming off him because he's yeah, been near her. Because she blew him out the door. <laughs> it's funny. Um, but yeah, it's Men in Black's the only thing I can think of that it's kind of like got a vibe of. In the very beginning, though, that's it. There's not a lot yeah. more of that. Well, but also the like creatures amongst us and yeah accepting that they just exist and there's no no shock and awe but from anyone because everybody goes oh look that's hellboy you know like it's just yeah you know 
I guess is there other. No, I did like the tooth fairy thing. That was pretty creepy. I actually was wincing a bit in the beginning. There are these tooth fairy creatures they call them, who are just like bugs, but they're about seven or eight inches tall, and they eat calcium, which like bones and teeth and stuff, and they attack a lot in the beginning. And that was that was kind of set the tone. for And they're me. really cute, but was, not. Oh, I didn't think so. They look no, horrible. They were cute at first when they kind of put on a cute face, and then then their vicious little teeth come out. So I like that too. Yeah, so... There's a lot to this movie, I think. There was, yeah. And, um... See, like when I was saying it's not like any other superhero movies, it really isn't. I, I think, think that's because it isn't. Yeah, and I think that's, <laughs> I think that's cool that it, it, that it isn't like other superhero movies. Because, but I'm saying because it isn't a Yeah, I know that, what movie. you're saying, but I'm saying it is definitely a superhero movie mm-hmm. to me. Because he's a hero who saves the Earth or... He doesn't have Earth. superpowers. He just is. He actually he is. does have superpowers. He's like so strong, like the Hulk is. He's like super strong. He can like lift a car up. He can, mm. you know. He's uh, and he's also super good with his weapon. His hand. Yeah, his hand <laughs> or his big gun. What's it called? His gun, Big Bertha or something. He's oh, I don't remember what he called. He called it something. Big Boy. It's yeah. called. Yeah, but he's got the biggest gun you've ever seen. Just a revolver, right? It's huge, but he's he's pretty. He's, I, I see him as a superhero because he's, he's powerful. Like, I mean, his power is—he's like the devil, or he's like—he's from hell, isn't he? He's like a yeah. See, I think of it as a creature and character movie myself, story more. But I feel like it's not like others, just for that. It's got a different tone to it. Totally. Like, it, like and this one in particular, um, the baddies and everything. I feel like it would have been a mo- like it could have also been a movie without Hellboy, like all this. Oh, stuff. totally! I to- I actually thought that. Like, yeah. oh, I would like to see this story out of this, like not in modern like day, that stuff. But in that, the, yes, yes, the um, prince and the and the and, and all the underground creatures and totally. I actually thought that. Yes, totally. Like almost like Hellboy's transplanted into maybe this, like. see the world before mankind took over, where all of these creatures thrived and stuff, and they weren't stuck down under the ground. You know, that would be interesting. Yeah, so um, for me, in general, <clears throat> I would recommend it. It's not one for buy for me, though. Not really, not unless you really, you know, if you think you're going to watch it over and over. Yeah, but for me, I, it doesn't, I like it. But you won't see, you won't sit down there and go, oh, no. I think I'll watch this again. No, tonight. whereas I might say, oh, I'm going to watch Iron Man again. Because mm-hmm. it has something about it that, for me, like, that I like more, I don't know. But, um. I will watch it again when it comes on cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No problem. If it, if it comes on and I see it, I'll watch it, you know. So let's move on to the cast of this uh, fine movie. We've got Ron Perlman reprising his role as Hel- Hellboy. He, he basically has to put on this crazy, whatever it is, latex. Something. I don't know why they think they have to make him all ripped in the front. That's really obnoxious to me. Well, you saw Hellboy in the comics. He's completely ripped. Yeah. So you have to look like that, don't you? I guess, yeah. And and he, it's really interesting because, like... This ain't a CG uh, Hellboy costume. He's in when he's in the costume in the extras. He's, he's exactly it. how it looks yep. on the screen, isn't he? He's <laughs> he's exactly those pieces are covered. His head is covered. He's red. It's there's no like red. there's no like hanging seams or anything. He's just in it. It's crazy, isn't it? That? it is. To me, it's those kind of things are what makes this movie amazing. Because when he's on the screen as Hellboy, you don't think, "Oh, look, it's a guy in a suit." I never think that either. Or refer back to a movie we've mentioned before, League the of Hulk. Extraordinary Gentlemen. 
when they they used a real life costume and I said in this one we were watching the extras and they have this big monster guy who's like seven foot tall and he looks fantastic and it's all a costume. Why can't they do that with the Hulk and make it look good just like that? They'd I don't probably get do it with the Hulk and then it'd be rubbish. Like they'd not do a good job of it or something. Well let these guys do it. Then yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Selma Blair as Liz Sherman, which is Hellboy's I don't she's not his wife. She's girlfriend. his girlfriend, yeah. She's a girlfriend, I really like her, and yet I get the vibe as I'm watching it. Of Jill Valentine that she find- from Resident Evil. No. That's what I get. She, she finds it all a bit so, uh, beneath her. I think of her as an actress who thinks it's all a bit ridiculous, and I don't know why I think that, but I really did. I got that. I didn't. Um, I mean, I like her, I but like I just her got I dislike that her, really. She was just medi- medium. Oh, right. I, I like, like her. I didn't, I didn't go, I wasn't really behind, you know, like, oh yeah, I really like that character. It was... Like, like, it her. didn't matter if it was somebody else for me. Like, or maybe it would be better. Oh, no. I think she was fine. Was she the but... same lady from the first mm-hmm. one? Yeah. Um, then there's Doug Jones as Abe Sapien, which is one of the best, better characters. Yes, uh, this is very a, good. This is a character that's, um, like, aquatic in yep. some way, like a fish fish boy or a fish, fish man. man. <laughs> fish stick, as the guy, the FBI guy calls him. Yeah, fish stick. <laughs> um, and it, he's in he a senses full... things. He can put his hand on you or near you and sense your emotions and your feelings and your history and stuff like that. So yeah, he's very... and he's in a. Um... And he was very featured in this one. That was a big feature. All this. the time, like he's in a he's in a fish uh, body and he's got a toilet seat around his neck. <laughs> he does not. That's just one thing they say in the movie because the saying... idiot humans say it. No offense. That's what I'm saying. That's a joke. Yeah. Anyway, he wears this breathing apparatus around his exactly. neck. It looks like a toilet seat. So, uh, on the news... You never would have thought that if they hadn't have said it. I did. I immediately thought that. <laughs> oh, I didn't. And Jimmy Kimmel in the movie says... Yeah. There's a scene with Jimmy Kimmel saying, Oh, who's this? who the hell's this guy with the toilet seat around his neck? Because this is the first time these characters have come into the public eye. Right. Like, Hellboy gives them away, basically, doesn't he? Like, he doesn't really Blows give a himself shit. out a window. And doesn't give a crap, does he? He's like, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like, we're... Uh, people know who we are now. Even though it's supposed to be this top secret underground thing, you know. Um, so yeah, there's that guy. He's really I one liked of the him. best. No, I, I don't know who he is or anything, but the he's Doug Jones. The way he moves and uh, the, the this time it's his own voice where he played the part in the first one, but it wasn't his voice. It was Dave Hyde Pierce. And then there's when will I will I be famous? <laughs> Luke Goss from the eighties making a. It's really weird because... He's when been I, in other stuff. You yeah, just he has been in other stuff. But when I was writing down the cast uh, list and I wrote down Luke Goss, because I remember the Goss brothers, who were Bross, a British boy band from the 80s, I thought, holy crap, is that the Luke Goss I'm, is that the Luke Goss right. I'm thinking of? So then I went on uh, IMDb and I was like, no way, it really is that guy. So yeah, I wouldn't have known it was... If, you'd have, if I'd have not wrote that down and you'd have, I'd have watched that whole movie, I wouldn't have known that was Luke Goss. So he was a British pop star from the 80s. Mm-hmm. One-hit wonder kind of guy. No, they had, like, seven... They were pretty big, like, couple of albums or whatever. You know, but, like, number one all the time. Like, for a while, they had a bit of a gimmick because they were both twins, brothers. Right. Bross. Brothers. But, um... He was good. He was the prince. He wasn't good in Bross. No, he was good in this. He plays the prince who's very intense and angry and... Um, but watching this whole movie, if I wouldn't have known that, I would have never known it was Luke Goss. Because he's very made up. He's got a white, pale face. He's and really he's got, like, ripped. Cracks and he's on like, his he's like... Um, yeah. He's a mature young man. When he does the... Uh, well, he's probably older than you. I don't know if he does all those uh, moves, but he's got some moves on him, that guy. It's probably <laughs> not him. It's probably that know. guy who does all uh, Darth Vader's moves and stuff. You know that guy? 
That one guy? Yeah, that one guy we always see. He always crops up and he's like the martial arts guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that English bloke. Yeah. It's probably him. Um, so then there is also... I wonder I was wonder where the other Goss brother is. Hmm. I have to look him up. Um, then there's Anna Walton as Princess Nuala. She's a British lady again, right? Sounded British on the... Yeah, was, I mean, her character was I like the character fine, a lot. I like the bond between the brother and the yeah. sister. Yeah, really oh, good. that didn't affect me, but the the fish boy fell in love with her. Fish man fell in love with her, and I think that's, that I liked. Yeah, because it's, it's another, like, freaks and, and, yep, you know, like, doesn't really matter what we're, you know, this guy's a fish and she's a woman. Right. <laughs> well, she's an elf. <laughs> yeah, an elf. Well, I mean, she looks yeah. like a woman. Um, then there's Seth MacFarlane as a voice of Johann Krauss, which is the, Ger- the German character that I mentioned earlier. He is ectoplasm. Yeah, he's basically he's just like fumes. a deep sea diver's outfit from the fifties. Kind of, but he's living inside it because he's just gaseous material. So, so he's, if you imagine a deep sea diver outfit from the fifties with the glass dome on top, but it's a little smaller than that. Yeah, it is, but it's got that kind Very of vibe. Similar. So it's got this glass dome on top, and you can see the gas inside the dome, and that's him. He really hasn't got a body yet. So it, it's, um, but it's interesting because it's, he's like a uppity German bloke. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a uh, company man, and he's um, he becomes their new boss. So he's he, really good. And he has he, he uh, that scene where he gives Hellboy some tells mm-hmm. Hellboy mm-hmm. that he's not gonna do he's not gonna behave like that anymore. He's gonna do what he says. And they have the little scuffle. That, he that says, I can, was take, I can take you. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like... I can take you. And he... As in beat the crap out of him. And he probably Kinda can. Does. Yeah. Um, and then there's, last but not least, Jeffrey Tambor as Agent Manning. He's Anonymous Famous, isn't he? Because, like, you, you watch like, him and you like... He's one step above Anonymous Famous. Because you know who he is. You, people will know exactly. He's arrested been a lot of Arrested guy. Development. Yeah, and he was in The Ropers, which was the spinoff from Three's Company. People was that from the 70s? From the 80s. Oh, 80s. 80s. And um, he's very similar always, you know, like a smarmy little suit guy. And he's always the suit <laughs> Kind guy. of weaselly. Brown he, suit. Yep. Blue um, suit. Brown or blue suit kind of, uh, you know, he's only, he's got, a butt he's only got hair at the side. Yeah, he's a butt <laughs> kisser, right? He wants yeah. to always please his boss and stuff. So, And he was fine, neutral. Could have done without him. No offense. Mr. He was all right. Well, they needed a boss. With sm- like the and weaselly he's, he's guy. He's the boss to give, the, to give Hellboy crap, basically. Yeah. Hellboy and him have a real bad relationship. They don't like each other. Correct. Um, then there's the director, I cannot say the name, Guillermo del Toro. Is it Guillermo? Or no. Guillermo? No. Guillermo. Guillermo. Say it again. Guillermo. Guillermo. Not goo, just like you, you, you. <laughs> I'm getting to say it now that you're saying it. Guillermo del Toro. Yes. That's Is that close. bad? Yes. That's close. It's like the English version. Um, now, he is a director who got a lot of praise for the movie Pan's Labyrinth, which was Oscar-nominated. I don't know if he won an Oscar, but it was, it was in the Oscars nods last year. Hellboy as well, he directed. And now he's directing Hellboy 2. Di- just directed Hellboy yeah. But then, he, next, he's going to be directing the new Peter Jackson Hobbit movie. Writing and directing. Yeah. Hobbit and Hobbit 2. It's one big movie. Again. Yeah, but, but I mean, it'll be two movies. Yeah, yeah, but he'll be doing those. Um, and he definitely has if a he Jackson can bring sentiment, if he can bring him. what he brought into Hellboy Two, visual stuff on a bigger into scale. the Hobbit, I think it'll be brilliant. I think that's the movie we're talking about, where we want to see all those creatures and the fantastic 
in that tone with that night with a good story with good characters good dialogue and yet all in that world with yeah the, you know so that'll be good and i um i like him i think he's funny he's very direct but i he's definitely nice like the look of of he's got an and when we saw him that he's pretty knows what he wants doesn't he he's yeah. one of those kind of guys not wishy-washy he's like he's chummy with everyone and yet he will tell a bit, you a bit harsh as well. i said he's like this you see, he knows exactly what he wants, right? So as the actor or the performer or the voice person or whatever, you're doing your part, you you do it, and he goes, blah, 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 mm-hmm. he's very friendly, but let's do this and this and this, do it again. Are we talking about... Like, do this and this and this, do it again. Passive-aggressive. Well, no, 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 I just think he knows what he wants, but he wants to be friendly with everyone, and yet he will tell you like 50 times in a row that you've done it wrong, but in a nice right. way, so they all seem to love him, and yet he's telling you constantly... That you're doing it wrong until you do it his way. Yeah. So, but you don't. He doesn't come off that way. So that's he's pretty. He's pretty skillful. interesting fella. He is. And then we've, and he's also Mexico from he's Mexico. From Mexico. Right? Yeah. Um, and he's. I guess his native language is Spanish because he. Mm-hmm. But he no, he's total. He speaks English all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so then we, uh, before we do the DVD extras or the Blu-ray extras, we wanted to do the. Uh, we're going to stick these in as a regular right after this. After we've gone through the cast, we're going to do our recommendations. My two for this week, funnily enough, is Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's not really two. That's a big chunk of movie. That's one movie for me. That's a big-ass movie right there. Yeah, that 12-hour movie, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and I'd not seen Hellboy 2 before I made these two recommendations down. But now, after I've watched him, I feel that that applies even more. Like, what was your other one? I didn't even realize he was the director of The Hobbit before I wrote that down. Oh right! So that, so now I'm like, whoa! You're why did clever, you and it? you didn't even know it. And the second, yeah, so yeah, Lord of the Rings trilogy, amazing. In and fact, why would you connect the two without having known that? I don't know. I, I was thinking of something fantastical and creatures, and and that Lord of the Rings trilogy mm. came up. Uh, second thing is the Prestige, which is a really good, really good. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was underrated or it was whether, really good. It was a quality, quality. It's Christian movie. Bale. And Hugh Jackman and David Bowie and lots of other people, but it's just a, a mind-blowing movie for yes. me. Yes, like it's got quality and the sets and the look, and you're in that and world the actual and that story. Time. Yeah, the story is really amazing. like um, even if the movie wouldn't have been so good, which it's not, it's brilliant. The the way it was made, even if it wouldn't, that story would have carried it, even if it was less than great. Oh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. And it's um, about magicians. Yeah. And it's, it's set in Victorian times, and it's... Looks amazing. Beautiful. The story amazing. is what... I, I don't want to say anything about the no, story. No, no, I'm just saying. Because... I, I was know. curious why you would connect the two, but... Well, the prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, just another fantastical, like... Combination of real and fantastic mixed yeah, together. Yeah, because it is the prestige. It does have moments of... Yeah. You know. And mine are not movies. However... What gets me about this, about Hellboy and Hellboy 2, and even other movies that feature superheroes, and I'm not claiming this is a superhero movie, but they mix up the, the like like we're just saying over and over, fantastic, amazing, imaginatory, imaginatory. Is that a word? No. <laughs> I'm claiming now, imaginatory things with real life. And for me, what came to my mind was Doctor Who and Torchwood. And so if you watch, especially the last, like, five seasons of Doctor Who. Four. Was it just been four from Chris, what's his name, and... Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston, and then the other guy. 
and yeah, like, Torchwood. Yeah, and Torchwood is only like three seasons long so far, or two. two. They're both British TV shows, but they're on Sci-Fi Network, and the mixture of our real life, and we're all in it and living and doing our jobs, and then beyond what we understand is like this fantastic world of aliens and weird creatures. phenomenon and creatures. And so I love both. I think those two came to mind when I. Thought and if you're of a Doctor Who fan. On the 25th of this month, Christmas Day, there's a new episode. Right. And what I love about them particularly, and these two movies too, Hellboy, we're not talking brain science here with Hellboy, and they're not masterful movies or stories or anything, but I totally get lost in them. When we sit down to watch Doctor Who or Torchwood, from the minute it starts, I actually am in it. I'm totally in it, and I love that. I yeah, love that. And I we, get lost and we in don't it. watch many TV shows. Mm-hmm. Not, in fact, none. No dramas at all. Like nothing. We don't watch anything. We watch like EastEnders. That. Well, we watch one <laughs> soap opera, right? But what I'm saying is, we don't watch House or, you know, Lost or CSI anything. Is none none of, of them. Yeah. So like that's probably Doctor Who and Torchwood are the only two that we actually sit down and watch. Uh, we watch Big World, Little People, Little People, Big it's World. A reality. I'm talking about like. <laughs> We yeah. watch some reality shows, but we... Fictional stories. We don't watch any of them. I mean, mm. we don't sit and watch... We don't... There's so many of them now. Like, you know, yeah, Life we don't. on Mars and all those. We just don't watch them. Don't know why. We no, did watch Sopranos, too. and we have watched Rome and things like that, but... And Big Love. I guess when something comes along that we really get into. Yeah, that's so, what I like about this. So those are my recommendations. So that's uh, those things. Um, Hellboy 2, we reviewed on... Um, Blu-ray disc, and uh, it's got a slipcover with like a cool um, comic book version of Hellboy, and then the real version of Hellboy. Oh, one of those. Lenticular, yeah. Lenticular. Um, I, one little pet peeve for Blu-ray discs and DVDs in general. If you're going to make give us a real nice slipcover with like this fancy lenticular thing on, don't stick a stupid sticker over it. <laughs> There's a sticker right on his There's face. There's a sticker right on it that you can't... I, I tried to get it off, but it started to mess this up, so there was right. no getting it off. All right, so... It's a sticker that Can says... Can we try the hairdryer, maybe? Yeah, well, this is a sticker that says, like, includes a digital copy of the film and plays in a PlayStation 3. Well, I probably know that. You can st- I'll stick it on the back, where all this writing is. I or don't just get. don't. But that's, like, you make a nice collectible cover, and then you screw it up with that. Um, Throw away the... It's a cover. It's a slip cover, anyway. Yeah, and then you just get his... But I yeah. like the uh, comic book version with the teeth. So, um... This is a bit of an odd... Blu-ray disc, first off. It's a two-disc set. The second disc being just a standard DVD, so you're not getting two Blu-ray discs here, which is a little bit odd, I think, because, you know... Why? Because you bought the Blu-ray disc. It's not the movie. No, it doesn't matter that, though. Um, You bought the movie for, like, the high-definition experience, right? And then you get a DVD, like, with the extras on it. It's just... It's a little bit like... Okay, me? I don't, I don't care. No, but, I mean, a lot... The kind of people who are mm. like the high definition and, and do buy Blu-ray, I think would care, like, because, you know, we... There's but a isn't lot. the movie the most important thing? It is, but why can't we have two Blu-ray discs in there? Because it costs them more. Well, that's not our problem. <laughs> True, but I'm just saying, it's not I mean, like a mystery. I bought, I bought Indiana Jones and... I mean, we got Indiana Jones and the... Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it had two Blu-ray discs. All the features were in high definition. Do you know what I mean? It didn't cost any more than this. Yeah, but for some people like me, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter to me one at all about the extras. Well, if I'm buying a Blu-ray disc, I, 
don't really expect a DVD. That's all I'm saying. I'm, if the movie was on a DVD, yeah, that would suck. If the movie's on a DVD, then you're, exactly. what were you paying for? You weren't paying for anything. Right, you're paying for the movie on Blu-ray, not yes. the extras, in my opinion. Well, I, my, in my opinion, if you're putting out Blu-ray discs, this is my rant for the week. <laughs> I And there's nowhere on this thing that says I'm getting a Blu-ray disc and a DVD. It says it's a two-disc set. Well, I assume I'm getting uh, two Blu-ray discs worth of stuff, but apparently not with this one. So what they've done is give you the second disc from the DVD, haven't they? Just put it in the box. Um, so there are some exclusive high-def features that are on the the movie mm-hmm. of the movie of the disc. Now, unfortunately, they're all under the U Control banner, which I, I I just wish they'd drop it. To be honest, yes. It's, it makes it's cumbersome. It, it's annoying. It's awkward and slow. Okay, here's what U Control does. You sit down. You go to the U Control. It you, pops up all the chapters. You see above the chapters the little icons for the different kinds of extras you will be experiencing. It'll tell you, like in this one, there's the director's notebook and art and um, visits to the set and something else. Oh, uh, I don't remember the other one. And as you go through each scene, then it, the little icon pops up in the corner, and then you have to press it, and then you have to wait, and then it has to load, and then you watch it, and then it goes back to the movie. And then you watch the movie, and in some movies, we've seen maybe one, maybe two, that had a pretty constant flow of these extras, right? In this one, you get, like, one in one scene, and then skip a scene, and then maybe skip another scene, and then you get one. And, and then there's like actually two. four whole scenes with nothing, and then something. Yeah, and then there'll be one so, again. And those four whole so scenes are probably through the 20 movie. minutes long. If you just sit through it, then you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, and if you just play the movie and turn you control on and not use the menus, it pops up a little thing in the, in the right hand corner. And you still have to pick it. You have to press everything. Yeah, time. because they yeah. might have two at the same time, and you can't watch both at the same time. So I just find it, like, who wants to fiddle with that? We're sitting find, in a dark room I find with it a highly remote annoying. control in the dark, and you have to pick it up and, like, find your button, and it's just ridiculous. Um, it's... If I pe- thought maybe you were going to say that that second disc offered all of those extras, no. but on a menu, and I was like, that'd be if cool. If people do like you control out there... In fact, this is kind of interesting. The other day I was sent a, um, a survey from Universal from my people at the press department of Universal asking me how I like BD Live features and, you know, to give some feedback. And one of the questions was about U-Control and oh. I said I would just totally do away with it because it's too too annoying for me. Like to Yeah, totally. In fact, I said to you, like, if there's a bunch of extras and they're all under the U-Control thing, I don't want to watch them because it's, it's such a pain. It's a disincentive to sit there and go through it all. And then. in fact, what sometimes happens too, which makes it an even longer process, is... The movie will be in 1080p, high definition. And the U-Control feature will probably be in 720p, high definition. So we watch it on a projector. The projector actually has to switch resolution, so it turns itself off. Goes like, click, click, Goes into click, a black click. screen, goes into another black screen, changes the resolution, and then brings the picture up. So it takes, you know, just to press one thing, we Is go wait Is the projector doing that, or the PlayStation 3? No, the projector's doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's like going, okay, there's a new resolution coming, I have to switch. So it doesn't go off, but there's a pause of what 10 seconds while you're like switching. so if you play that on your computer on your blu-ray disc player thing blu-ray drive then what it would look like it would just be this it wouldn't do it on a computer oh you wouldn't be able to access those no you'd be able to access them but it wouldn't do the switch oh right because you just always get the same resolution. it'd be more smooth because yeah. when you're watching on a projector it's just or a like... tv would do that switch too 
If right. If it has to switch from 1080p to 720p at some point, it's the the TV or the projector is going to have to switch Re- its mode. But your monitor doesn't have to. The monitor doesn't because it'll just display it upscale or down. It still isn't smooth, and it still isn't. It doesn't make sense. And here's my ideal for DVD extras, regardless of what they are, if it is a gallery, a bunch of documentaries. Um, mm little shorts of the people auditioning give me a menu of everything put a button at the top that says play all and just let me play yeah. through it and if something comes up i don't want then i can hit the next button on my remote or the forward and i think that's and that would be ideal i don't want to go back to the menu i just want to zip through them all or i will sit there for five hours watching extras if you give me a documentary that's three hours long, but it's in little sections or something. I'll sit and watch it. If it's broken up into like ten minute segments, and I have to go back to the menu every time, I might go, uh, nah. I'll skip the music. Uh, I'll skip the costumes. Yeah, exactly. But if it's just playing, I'll there's, be into it. I'll just go ahead and watch. There's it. a lot of things wrong with this U control feature, and if people are loving it and they do like to press the, actually feel like they're doing something, I, I assume by pressing the button every so often, then just give us the it. In that format, and then also, hey, if you don't like you control, here's all the stuff in yep. one big There's block. a list yeah. <laughs> of everything. But they don't do that. Um, maybe, I'm, I'm sure it's totally possible, and maybe if enough people mouth off about it, it will change. But anyway, the U-Control features are a concept art gallery, which is, while you're watching the movie... Oh, I'll say what exactly what it says. While you're watching the movie, view the concept art that corresponds to the on-screen action. Fine. It's fair enough, right? I love concept art. Then there's the director's notebook, which is explore his the director's personal notebook. It's actually a real notebook that he has. But you With see drawings if, and notes. And yeah, everything. so you see them, and then you see a little clip of him talking about that particular scene. Which and I why, like that yeah, part. why he comes up with ideas and what he bases things on. And then there's the set visits part, which is a like a look behind the scenes, just fly kind of fly wall. on the wall, no narration, just let's watch a scene being done. Um, and I really like that too. Definitely. And then there's the BD Live, which we had a problem with today. <laughs> I'm not sure. It, I imagine it was our internet was fine. I think Universal servers were acting up or whatever. But if you do get into the Blu-ray Live feature of this disc, there uh, about a week ago there was a um, question and answer session with the director that was through Blu-ray through the BD Live feature, where you could go in, type in a question. And then the director would answer it. He did it for two hours, so I think you probably had little chance of getting your question answered. But you can, what you can see is the transcript of that question and answer session. And the other feature on BD Live, we haven't seen it, but we've seen a screenshot of it because we couldn't get it to work today. Even though we never had any problems in the past with BD nope, Live. Nope, it just loads up and that's This that. one just sat there at a loading screen with a bar. At and about then, 40%. And then after about two minutes, timed out and went back to the menu. So I think Went back to the movie. The movie. <laughs> Which is a weird thing, too. You might think, oh, I'll let this load. I'll walk away. So you leave it. You go up. You go to your... Do something else. And when you come back, the movie's playing. Yeah. And you might think, oh, good. It's done. Oh, this done. is the feature. Or it's done. And maybe... I'll, and then you go back and it's not done. No, so I think they were having a problem. But anyway, the other bleedy live... Bleedy? <laughs> the other BD live feature is the comic book builder. Which is... Build your own comic book. Select still images from the movie... Pick your font and phrase to put underneath the mo- underneath the images, and then send it to anybody else who's got this disc. And like it looks, right. like, it looks like panels from a comic book. Yeah. So I, I could put like, hey, you could make funny things, couldn't you? You know, but not interesting really, at all. Really? <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but I get the idea. 
because it's a comic book movie and yes. maybe that would be fun to put funny like rude you could make some rude things what I would like from BD Live or an extra on the DVD myself personally would be interviews and a history of the comic and maybe interviews with people who've drawn him and how they've mm-hmm. come to the decisions about how he looks ultimately and all that kind of stuff. Because from Iron Man, those were some of the best extras I've ever seen. Yeah, they were really good. Where they talked to people who've drawn the comics over the years and the history of the comic. And I just find that, because I don't know anything, I'm not saying it would enhance the movie. But it might make me, it would then turn me on to the story even more, I think. So that would have been a, a logical one for me. And then we've got a second... Oh, well, I'm sorry. Also on the first Blu-ray disc is the Shufton Goggle View. Oh, right. Which is the thing that you said you didn't remember when there was four things, when we were saying earlier. Oh, right, right, right. So you want to explain that one? That is, in the movie, there's the goggle things where the, someone invented it a long time ago that when you put them on, you could see things for what they really are, which means if you're looking at an old lady and she's really a troll, then you can see that she's a troll. So on the extras, you get these three different visions at the bottom of the scene in the making. So one of them might be where you see the green screens and the actors on the set. Another one might be where you see like an actual digital... Like a preliminary look of what the creature that they're fighting against is going to look like. You know, looking all weird while the actors are acting. And then the other one was another just sort of with some like early CGI elements stuck in there. And I mean, you could I pick was saying it was one. a pretty really good look at how a scene is composed. Yeah, and had all the elements. You don't always imagine what the... Which parts are CG and which parts are Yeah, exactly. Aren't. It or, shows you... Or what they're looking at on their computers when they're doing it. Like, how do you get her to look like she's in front of this great big monster? What are the stages? And you get a little bit of that. So that was good. Yeah, so that's all the the special high-def features. Now, the second disc, as I said earlier, is just a DVD. You get this DVD with the two-disc version of the DVD as well, right? So it's just that put in the box. Now, that features a 2-hour and 35-minute documentary called Hellboy in Service of the Demon. And it's an in-depth look at the creation of Hellboy 2. And I must say, it goes into everything. Like, yeah, it was good. It, it, literally, like, everything. It's from, compelling. And it's like I said, if you give it to me on one on big chunk, thing. I will watch the whole thing, even if it's... And it has little sections. It'll come up and say, production. And that shows you some of that. And they'll say, like, whatever it And was. it's good value, because it's longer than the movie. Yeah. So, you know, you get you get a bit of it. And it's well done. It's... um. You know, some talking heads, but mainly just stuff on the set. You know, you really get to see how, a, how the filmmaker is doing his work. Um, then there's Production Workshop Puppet Theatre, which is about the puppets in the movie. Then there's some image galleries, s- deleted scenes with the optional commentary, a troll market tour with the director. And then there's also a feature commentary with the director and a cast commentary. Mm-hmm. So you get two commentaries as well. This is pretty packed. Well, those right? aren't on the second disc, obviously. No, they're on the first disc. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's a digital copy for a limited time only, apparently. But on the second disc, there's a digital copy with the code in the box that you can... It says here, really small. <laughs> the digital copy on, included on disc two is compatible with Apple iTunes, except if you're using 64-bit, 64-bit Windows XP. Mm-hmm. Um, Which excludes us. No, I'm using 64-bit Vista. Oh, right. So, um, and then it says, you can also use it on the video iPod, the iPhone, 
Apple TV or a laptop with Windows Media Player. Can we crawl up the Apple people's ass any further, <laughs> well, do you think? you can use it on an Apple... I mean, on a Windows Media Player <laughs> One thing. Not on my Zoom. Hello, people. No, that's got to be coming, hasn't it? I mean, everything else has been added to Zoom. Because I'll be honest, I've always been a little bit skeptical of this idea of putting movies or whatever on your little digital devices. And yet, I've had occasion over the last few months where I'm actually with my thing, my Zoom, or even my phone, for God's sake. And I was sitting once waiting for somebody. I was in the car waiting for my nephew to get off the school bus. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh God, I'm like early. I'm like 20 minutes early. Should I drive around? Nice to watch an episode of And I opened my phone. All I had was my phone. And I was like, oh. I put something I have an episode of Family Guy on my phone. I did it. And I sat there and watched it like two inches from my face. And I'm like, this is so cool. (laughs) So I understand the value, you know, being able to put... But anyway, we've mentioned digital copies before. We mention it every week because you seem to get one every single time now. We've never used... Well, yeah, we did. We used the Get Smart one. Not because we wanted to. I just wanted to see what it was like. Right. And it was, you know, cruddy quality compared to the Blu-ray. But fine to watch on an iPod. But please make it work with the Zoom. (laughs) Yes, please. I mean, we we are perhaps the only two people in the world with a Zoom. That is not true. My mother has one. <laughs> yeah, all right. There's three of us. Three of us out here screaming for Zoom support. Thank you. Um, oh, Squiddy's got one too, so that's four. There we go. Aceglee.com are the only people. <laughs> We're creating our own culture of Zoom. And if you want to criticize it or crinkle up your nose... Screw you. Kiss my ass, because it's an excellent little device. Okay, so that's Hellboy 2 Blu-ray disc. We've explored that thoroughly, I believe. And... I, it's not one I would buy on Blu-ray disc. I mean, it's not one I would buy on DVD either, because it's not, I really like it. But I'll it tell you this, if I had somebody coming over and we wanted to watch a couple of movies, who I know would like the action, or, or like a young, like a niece or a nephew or somebody, mm-hmm. I would actually rent them. I don't know if I'd go buy them, but I would. I think it's a fun set. For and, me, it's a, it's a rent. Um, yeah. But I did enjoy the movie. I can't say I didn't. I had I a did. good time. I got totally immersed in it, and I liked it's written well and looks great. And uh, I, just wanna, I loved it. Want to say thank you to Universal for sending that one to us. And next week's DVD will be The Dark Knight. Finally, um, we're the only two people. We have the Zune, right? That's our little society. And the fact that we, we have not seen, seen Dark, Dark Knight. <laughs> we were waiting for the Blu-ray release. How, you know, we we were like we missed it in the theaters, and then we. No, let's be honest. We didn't miss it in the theater. We didn't want to go. We didn't even go. pursue it, no. No, I'm giving up on the theater. So. But anyway, I, I say to you, in fact, Quantum of Solace is on the theaters now. I'm the biggest James Bond fan there is, right? I love James Bond. I would be out the door to see it, but I don't really want to. And I said to you the other day, when that comes on Blu-ray disc, I will buy it. Because yep. that's when I will see it. I'm not seeing it until that day. Because the so. theater sucks. So, yeah, we're, we're good. Uh, it's the Dark Knight uh, from Warner Brothers uh, people next week. We'll we'll uh, have more on that next time. Uh, there's no contest this week. Our Trans Siberia one's over. Fabulous. So we'll have one next week or the week after or whatever. We'll we'll have another one at some point. Um, and then I wanted to touch on some games I've been playing. I've been playing Tomb Raider Underworld on yeah. the Xbox 360. It's Lara Croft's new adventure, and it's really hard. It is really hard. I see you struggling a lot. Yeah, it's. Because you're not the type who likes to look up the answers, and you will sit there hour after hour, and I'm like, do you want me to help you? No. Do you want to look it up? No. Do you want me to look it up? No. You know what the funny thing was? There was a puzzle, and I don't look up the answers, but there was a puzzle that I had sat and tried every combination possible for about two and a half hours. (laughs) 
And then I couldn't do it. Uh, there was something I was missing or something. So I did look it up. And I was doing it right. I just... There was just one little thing where I was missing... I had to fall from a ledge and then grapple onto something while I was falling. Now, it's never explained to you in the game that that's even possible. Oh, right. So, I never tried it because I thought, no, I'll die if I fall off something. So, I don't know if that's bad game design because shouldn't it have been explained to me at some point that I shouldn't can fall and grapple? Shouldn't you have just grapple? tried anything? I guess, but I never thought of that because it was too dangerous. So, I was... Yeah, take a risk sometime. When you're Laura Croft, come on. She's bold. She's brave. Not generally, she isn't, actually. She's quite... Calculating. And in the other game, she's quite limited to what she can do, even though she can do some amazing jumps and stuff. But this one, once... So if I tell you now, if you're going to play it, you can fall and then grapple. (laughs) It might help you out. Because there's quite a few instances you have to do it after that point. It's just never explained to you, so it's a bit weird. But anyway, it looks good. It looks really good. The levels are... Less combat, more puzzles. Oh, excellent. Which a lot of people... There, are, there is a bit of combat. Would I like it? No, because there's, there's combat <laughs> in there too, which would get on your nerves. Right, yes. Because I had to fight like four tigers that were coming after me, and that it was tricky stuff, you know, you had yeah, to roll like out of the way. Um, but yeah, it's good. And I'm also still playing Call of Duty World at War, which has this leveling up system, which is super addictive. I understand how World of Warcraft people... Oh, right. Get hooked on, like, leveling a character up, because this is a shooting game that levels a character up, and it's And you're apparently on level 65. No, I'm getting... I'm on level 55 on my way to 65. Oh, right. 65 is where you uh, top out. Oh, right. But um, probably be there in another few weeks. Uh, That's it, really. There's not been anything out, but tomorrow I will have a new game, which is Prince of Persia. The new Prince of Persia, which is, like, a total reinvention of the thing. Nice. We'll see what that one's like and talk about it next week. Uh, what have you got on your agenda for today? What's for supper? Oh, is it really evening time already? It's going to be supper. It's supper slash dinner. You woke dinner. up at like... 7.30 in the morning, but it went to bed at 11. Yeah, we had... <laughs> No, it was not 11. It was 7.30 at night. There's something going on weird. <laughs> because yesterday, we, we you had got up our at 5 family. o'clock that day. Yeah, I got up at 6 o'clock in the morning to put the... A bird in the oven to cook it for our Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, let's my, say we had Christmas yeah. yesterday. We had our Thanksgiving Actually. and Christmas with my immediate family. My brother, sisters, mother, nieces, and nephews came because my mother's going out of the country for a while. And I had a very nice day. You dreaded it, and you were a trooper. You you talked to my brother. Let's just say, really I'm good. not really a... F- fun of like a lot of people in one place it kind of makes me nervous and when that one place is your house yeah it it's even worse <laughs> makes you like really nervous and yet you did it and i appreciate that yeah not I, that you had a lot of choices but i'm just saying you really i actually just grin and bad it kind of you did but you had, but a, I, I had, fun. I, yeah, we had a guest my mother um knows a family or, i actually no i didn't grin and bad i actually thought it was fine <gasps> you did well you know there's um we had a uh, German visitor. Yes, I was Z- just going to say. Z- Germans. My mother's Worry. boyfriend, even though my mother's 67 <laughs> and he's Z- 70, uh, his daughter has a foreign exchange student. We won't call her a foreigner, but an exchange a student. German. And she's from Germany. She's 17 years old, 18 years old. And uh, quit making fun of Germany. It's getting a little old, okay? Let's cut it. I'm not making German. fun of it. I'm saying a German. As if it's funny. And uh, she was lovely. She was very polite and very helpful. She stayed the night with us. We watched. We showed her a movie on the big projector, Knocked Up. Because that's right. That's perfect. So perfect. To show a seventeen-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might have 
Don't do that. It might, yes. Yeah. It might have been. So, so she was very pleasant. Don't let Seth and Rogen So she was it. kind of in the position of she doesn't know anybody, and I had a couple of young nephews hanging around, and it was fun. I played rock band with But her. we got up super early. So then by 7.30 last night, we were sitting on the couch after everything had been cleaned up, and we were both falling asleep. So we went to bed before 8 p.m. and woke up at 8 a.m. Like old people. Totally, 12 hours later, and I was like, dang, I was really tired. <laughs> so now, yes, our supper is going to be, you requested curry. it, chicken curry. Yes, love it. I think we probably, like, Sunday seems to be a day for chicken curry, so there's probably like eight podcasts probably. where we said it's just chicken curry. Because it's a good one to make after, when you're setting up all your stuff. So if we're going to make something thing. different, we should really do it on a Sunday. Yeah. Oh, and sorry we're late this week, but that's why. One day. Yeah, but it's still late, right? There's people on the... Not if you're listening to this on Wednesday. There's people on the way to work on a Monday morning who probably listen to us. Ah. Oh. But they couldn't. They, they were like, what the hell was it? It was a bright in there Tuesday then. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, is that is that everything? Does it? Nothing else. Does it for me? Yeah, and nothing else for me. It's been slow on the games front. Well, it'll, it will be slow on the games front until the end of January now, probably. So um, I have to think of something else to say apart from games. Yeah. Oh, uh, we also mentioned that we watched... We mentioned it then, but we watched Knocked Up. Me for about the fourth time and you for the second time. Right. And it actually gets better. It was better, yeah. It was funnier. I think I was, you know... I don't know, it was just good. It was funny. It's um, quite <laughs> a... There's some profound stuff in it. And yep. Paul Rudd's performance, for me, <laughs> is hilarious. It's like, it's the funniest... I love him in Anchorman, but I think he's funnier. And he's, he plays this odd father of some kids, husband to this... Unhappy marriage. Unhappy, yeah. <laughs> but he kind of breezes through everything, like, with this weird, like, I don't really give a crap attitude. He's not a jerk. No. She thinks he is, but... Oh, you gotta see it if you want to yeah, watch I, it. I'm There's to, our mutual trying to disc- recommendation like what, for the week. Is what kind up. of... Um, character would you say he's not, he's not a jerk and he's not exactly great I think he's supposed to represent every man who gets controlled by his woman and he wants to be a guy and a jerky kid again sorry but that is kind it, of what comes off it's, it's very funny how we, how we, how we, how a, we lo- a little bit of selfishness going on there and of course I'm from the woman's point of view how he plays it though is hilarious it is and, uh, although I think his character in um, forgetting saving so Sarah Silverman is almost genius. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Saving Sarah Silverman. Is that a different movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's my hybrid of Saving Silverman and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But in that one, he's almost genius. Because it's totally like, what? The one where he just, what? It's just random. What, you, what the hell are you saying? Brian Fantana's pretty random as well, though. In, Brian in, Fantana? in Anchorman. Who's Brian Fantana? Yes. It's pretty random, too. I need to see that again. I think you do if you don't know who Brian Fantana is. <laughs> so yeah, we did see that movie and we probably will be able to talk about Zack and Mary make a porno this time next week. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll kind of discuss that one briefly like we do at the end. Fabulous. It won't be a full review, but we'll talk about it. Um, so thanks for listening and I just want to remind you about the websites, com, sidtalk.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes Music Store the Zoom Marketplace, and we have an RSS feed for the uh, show. And you can also listen to the show directly on the page, clicking on the podcast link and just listen to any of the 46 shows we have done so far. Dang. Uh, yeah, we've almost been doing it a year. Crazy. Num- number 50 is going to have to be a big deal. Or maybe 52. 52 that's maybe, yeah. Pack a 
Is that a pack of cards? 52, is it? I think so. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Okay, so uh, you can also... But you have to pick a movie that's themed with the pack of cards? Is that what you're thinking? Some gambling movie? Like Rounders or... (laughs) Yeah, that'd be good. So, um, yeah, Rounders was a good movie. Um, So... You can also leave, send uh, feedback to aschoolateaschoolate.com, sidtalkersidtalk.com. Leave feedback on the page, but if you're a spammer, F off. <laughs> <laughs> and stay classy, Hellboy. Oh, something about Hellboy too. I was thinking. I won't spoil anything. But you know the Golden Army? Mm-hmm. When I was watching them walk up them stairs. I was watching... Fifth Element? Well, no, this oh. was something completely unrelated. I was watching them walk up some stairs thinking... That'd be worth a lot of money. Well, hell yeah. It's Why a whole golden army. Yeah, melt those suckers down or something. <laughs> Nobody even mentioned it. But yeah, stay classy uh, and melt those suckers down. And I say think for yourself. Think for yourself or someone else will do it for you. Don't get suckered in by somebody else's bullshit. Think right. for yourself. And happy Christmas.